Rich Wexer. Welcome to Vintage Annals Archive Outsider Podcast. Very pleased to announce today's guest. This is a I did, this is not an interview per se. This is a conversation between Perry Shell and Box Brown. Perry Shell is a amazing artist, graphic designer, a musician, collector. He's got a very large and interesting T-shirt collection. Um, if you want to find out more about Perry Shell, www.perryshell.com. Uh, Box Brown also, uh, this is a, we're doing a talk today about a book he wrote called The He-Man Effect. Um, amazing book. Uh, I'll just read a little bit of the description. Brian Box Brown brings history and culture to life through his comics. In his new graphic novel, he unravels how marketing that targeted children in the 80s has shaped adults in the present. And we have a conversation between the two of these guys who know their stuff more than anyone else I know. Um, we did it at a shop called Partner and Sons, uh, which their website partnersons.com. And yeah, uh, I would just want to say one more thing: is if you like, if you know Perry and you know Box, or if you don't, we have an episode on the podcast with Perry. We're putting one out soon with Box. It's just a conversation with him and me. And then there's one that Box was part of um, about another book that, if you go through our archive, uh, you can see, you can you can check those out. And these guys again. Uh, both super inspirational to me to kind of take myself more seriously and put in a lot more work in terms of doing the work I'm doing for the for the Instagram and for um, the podcast. So, you know, these guys are amazing. Check them out and enjoy the conversation. Uh, my name is Brian Box Brown, um, and this is Perry Shaw. Um, I asked, so my book, The He Man Effect, uh, it's kind of like a misnomer with the title. Which, because Perry, you read it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you say that like He Man is like the main focus of the book? No, I think it's like, like I didn't grow up with He Man specifically, and it did the same thing. Right. I how it's to be. Yeah. So it was originally called uh, We Burned He Man into the Repeater, which I felt like really captured what it was all about more. But the sales team at first second was like, um, I think people might not like that or whatever. Yeah, sales people. So it became the He Man effect. Um, anyhow. But it's really like about nostalgia and like how. Nostalgia can be like co-opted and like made into something bad because um, generally I think nostalgia is like a good thing and you know good feeling even though there's so much sadness to it, right? Um, so anyway, I, I wanted Perry to be here especially because when I look at your work, um, a lot of it is like evocative of you know the past, right? Like. Like something like this. What is that? <laughs> it's one of your comments. Stuff like this. I mean, like. That's yours. That's one. Can't give yourself some credit. Yeah, some of these are mine. <laughs> um, where's this apple one? Yeah, like. <laughs> there's one that's like a fruit. Anyhow. <laughs> I think I have, like. Like when I was a little kid, I think I had art like that. In my yeah. Collection. Well, yeah, me too. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. like, um, so that's why I wanted to have you here because to talk <laughs> about like the style of your, your your work's very like evocative of you know certain time period. So, um, yeah, you know, you're aware of like how nostalgia's impacted like your work. Yeah. Well, kind of. Like, I think for a long time, people would say like. Oh, you're so nostalgic, and I'd be like, I don't think I understand what that means. Uh, I just like old thinking curse, right? Yeah. I just I, I mean now I see when you ask, it seems like disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I like old stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh I think that like people take that as like a 
oh, you're this, you, you're, you're dying for this thing. But I didn't really understand or, or experience it until like very, very recently. Right. Because I've always grown up liking old stuff. Like I've just always collected and uh -huh. surrounded myself with my parents' things and flea markets and thrift stores. And right. Like this is a stuff. This stuff would have been like, like when were you born? 85. 85. So it's like a little bit prior to even when you were born. So when I was like somewhere between 8 to 10, my dad got me a subscription to Mad. Uh -huh. And um, I didn't really know what it was, so eight yeah. <laughs> or ten or whatever. Uh, but he's like, kind of like, you know, you should get this, you need this, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I loved it. And the art in those, like, there were so many different artists and so many oh, yeah. types of art. And so I would practice drawing and draw all the characters. Yeah. Every artist's characters. And like, you know, yeah. like, try to figure out, like, what is it about this that works. And I'd go to flea markets with my old issues. And like, yeah. Right. It's still A magazine. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's still good back then. That's so fun. Matt is so influential on business people. Well, I asked my dad why he got me a subscription, and he's like, oh, when I was 10, I got a subscription to Matt. I thought that's what right. you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So this is like your dad feeling nostalgia for Matt Matt. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think like he probably suffered. I'll use the word suffer for suffers from nostalgia like in a way more than I, because he's probably, you know, Probably a little bit more enjoyable to live when he was a kid. <laughs> sure, sure. sure. I, like it really, like it really was. Does seem better back then. So. There was just less. Just you have to create more of your own thing. Oh yeah. I guess I just, I just always grew up drawing, and you, you're like, what do I draw? And you look at the stuff that you have, yeah. and you start trying to emulate it. Right. For some reason, uh, you know, it, it, me at age like eight is trying to draw like. You know, the Flintstones, which are still popular, but sure. I, I was just watching all these old shows and cartoons. Yeah. Because my parents are like, that's what we watched when we were kids. Right. Like, yeah, I guess that's what I watched. Yeah. And none of my friends want to talk about Beverly Hillbillies, but <laughs> it's what I, I think it's funny. It's true. I mean, I think I have nostalgia for stuff that was like pre my era, too, because it was just stuff that was still lying around the house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, or like, I, you know, when I have. I have nostalgia for toys that like I never I didn't work they came out before I was born and yeah. stuff, but like my cousins had all of them and I wanted them and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, so I have like nostalgia for it. Um I wanted to I was thinking today that nostalgia how it's funny how you have like it, it kind of like is so haphazard, like things you have nostalgia for. Yeah. Like you can have something that you were way into as a kid, but like now you're just like but in other and other stuff that's like really fucking stupid that you liked as a kid, but it, it gives you nostalgia. Yeah. And uh, I was like wondering if you had anything that like is really, really stupid. <laughs> I have a ton of these. Yeah. So that you have nostalgia for. So well, I'll preface this by saying I thought I only experienced it for the first time very recently, but then. I remember every time that I hear, and this isn't the stupid one, it's a good one. Uh, every time I hear Bruce Springsteen, uh, it's like I can't listen to it. I'm just soaking in this like accidental nostalgia because if you grew up in Philly or New Jersey yeah. or nearby, like, you know, you just. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. And, yeah. and we loved it at home too. Uh -huh. And so for a long time, it was like this weird kind of comforting thing, but. The opposite side is that I recently realized that um, Billy Joel <laughs> does like the negative version where I'm, like, I'm listening to, I, I don't know, I, I, there's a 50 track greatest hits of Billy Joel. And if you listen to it, you know every single song. Oh, yeah, how yeah. does he have 50 songs that anybody yeah. can listen to? I don't know. I don't know how to ask. Anyway, yeah. it does this thing where I'm like uncomfortable. Because it makes you feel, it makes me feel this weird nostalgic thing of like, you know, you can't even put your finger on it. Yeah. It's just this thing that you remember being in your childhood yeah. at all. It's like almost like it was playing at all times. Right. I was talking to somebody about this today, and he's like, I have nostalgia for stuff that like, I hate. I hated it when it came out. Like he's like, 
It's like when, when Counting Crows came out, like I was not into Counting Crows. I was like, I hate this band. Like, and who need the Blowfish too? So. It's like these two bands, it's like, but they were like on pop radio and MTV all the time. So yeah, like, kind of like going to like a dance right. So they're there at these like super meaningful times of your life, right? Yeah. And so they, you end up having nostalgia. Now he's like, I love Counting Crows now. I listen to it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like because you know you have these all these things are tied to like emotional experience. Right? Yeah. That you have when you're a kid and like for whatever reason sticks with you. And like I feel like almost everybody is like this is like the story of like um Citizen Kane, right? Rosebud. He's like trying to get back to this thing, which is like this toy, like sled. If anybody never saw it, <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it, but I knew about it from Columbo. Oh, okay. Columbo, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, did you watch Columbo as a kid? Not as a kid, actually, no. Did your parents watch it? My dad, my dad didn't make the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. on the Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Columbo, I don't have this out before, but I caught, because I never watched it. I was like, fuck Columbo when I was five. I never had Columbo as a I was like, fuck. I hate this guy, you know, like, I'm so bored. And uh, I watched it recently, and I'm like, this guy, fucking Peter Falk is amazing. Yeah. He's like the he's like the hero of the working man because it's like he's always busting like rich assholes, and he's, they always underestimate him because they think that he's stupid. Right. It's amazing. If you never saw Columbo, that's a, um, it's funny. So you're talking. That's funny. Uh, Billy Joel was like that. Yeah, it's like yeah. I can't turn off. The 50 song playlist when I put it on, but the whole time I'm like, oh my god, what, what am I? What is this like? This discomfort that yeah. is happening the whole time. But it's because he is tied to so many good and negative memories, whether I'm conscious of them or not. Right. That uh, you don't know what to do with it, and yeah. I don't think I like Billy. I don't think I like. Right, like mentally, like and with a clear head, you're like Billy Joel sucks. I know this. <laughs> but then it comes on, and you're like, oh, man. There's like it'll be like this one song you probably haven't heard a little bit longer than the others. Yeah, yeah. And you go, is is this kind of his like cool song? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because Billy Joel's work is completely nostalgic and evocative of like the 50s and stuff. Yeah. Which was like what all of the 80s was. Like, his whole career is like like going through a timeline of like his childhood music throughout like what was popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we didn't start the fire, which is like my childhood to now. And that's a song that is like bad nostalgia. Like, I remember oh, yeah. in Atlantic City seeing that video on TV at like a family house and like. You know, we're in. I love that Atlantic video, City, but it yeah, seems it seems so Billy Joel and weird now. Kid stuck inside, but that was on TV, on MTV and the radio, a thousand times a day. I remember being like homesick from school one time, and I I, I actually memorized all of We Didn't Start the Fire when I was like ten, um, and I was like homesick from school, and I was like, yeah, I hope they play We Didn't Start the Fire again. And like it came on. You love it because you wanted to. You wanted to hear. Every I wanted to remember them all the lyrics. Yeah. I only knew. My parents told me when I was a kid. I only knew one line, like that. I remember every time, and it was trouble in the Suez. And I thought, <laughs> I thought it was Suez. Yeah. And I think that's why I remember it. It's so funny. Like, yeah, I had a couple. Ninja Turtles versus there America. was uh, one of the lines was like, "Belgians in the Congo." Yeah. And I remember hearing that as a kid. I'm like, we're like, what? Wow. Those are like funny words. Like, you know, he's a And uh, my sister said something. She was like, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, some other words that she made up. And I was like, no, it's trouble with the condors. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, like, it, but in my, in this book, you made a deck. So I talk a lot about the 80s. Right, like it's it's very much back in the 80s, and that was like, Ray, 
right? So and Reagan's whole thing was to be nostalgic. He would like dress up. I mean, his whole thing was to like dress up like uh, John Wayne. Right, right. Like they'd always fill him with a cowboy hat on, as much as they could, or on a horse, or whatever. And John Wayne like knew Ronald Reagan forever from like being an actor, and or just like being an asshole. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> forever for being an actor, and like you know, so he would do like political stuff with them. And that was all like this appeal to like, don't you love cowboys? And let me tell you something, my dad, his generation, yeah, they fucking. Love cowboys, <laughs> like they for real, like that's their whole thing. Like there's this because it was they were steeped in cowboys. Like <laughs> like when we were steeped in E-Man, they were like nonstop cowboys, and they really like there's this. All right, so I'm kind of going on all the things, but there's this episode of Sopranos, right, where he he has this horse, right? You see that? Yeah. He has this Pio horse, Pyomine. Yeah, and he's uh. He has to go stay with the horse at some point. He like sleeps in the, in the barn with the horse. And uh, they play this cowboy song. It's like, my rifle, pony, and me. And I think that like there's that this like generation of people that like that's what they see as like the ultimate thing as like vacation or for like what a man like wants to do is just like ride a horse with his gun in the middle of nowhere by himself. Um, and, and like honestly, like if if I said that to my dad, he'd be like, "Fucking hell yeah!" That's what he wanted. Except by the campfire, you know. Um, and so Reagan like tapped into that big time. And and then that was at a point where I think in 1980, my dad was like 29 or something like that, or like in his generation, that was just that that really like struck a chord. Um, my dad was easy riding. Easy Rider, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God, yeah, he's like being a blanker. Like that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the dream. Anyway, I mean, he did. He like, he had no reason. Right. He, he was, he was no bad soft. Right. <laughs> he's cool. I know it's funny. seeing that stuff and like, uh, when I was writing this book, at some point I remember being like, I have like wisdom, like or or sayings at least in my head that like. Uh, my dad said to us over over the course of my uh, childhood growing up, and I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Saying this shit, and my dad's walking around saying all the time. Like if you said like, uh, you know, said something like, "Oh, dad, uh, I got you a Christmas present," he'd be like, "Oh, get out of town by sundown." Like, <laughs> so one day I was like, "What the hell's get that? Get out of town by sundown?" I'm like, does anybody say that? Or that's just... I looked up and it's like from a a, a TV show that he watched when he was a kid. Yeah. And so, like, he's been saying it his whole life, and then I said it. You know, so it's like, um, this stuff that has, like, a really powerful, like, effect and, like, sticks. Oh, yeah, my dad used to say, up your nose with rubber hose. Yeah, for the most back hot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I just had to Yeah, you don't know what the back hot is, but eventually. Soon, yeah. <laughs> but then you're like, at first, you're like, oh, this is just like. It's how people adults talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it is quoting a kid, but yeah. But the, <laughs> the thing is, though, that what happened with Reagan is that, uh, you know, his whole big thing was, so if you can imagine back then, now it's kind of hard to picture because the Democrats are so like, corporatized as well. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so the Democrats now, you know, are also funded by corporate. But back then, when Reagan was running for president, he, like, the Democrats weren't funded by corporations, they were funded by unions and individual donors and things like that. But not corporate funding. That was like a Republican thing. So, if you can imagine Reagan running for president with the backing of all of industry, all of media, all of corporate backing, everybody is behind this guy. Um, and what that was like, it was like, you know, he won in this crazy landslide. People were like, oh, rain, rain, rain. And it like changed so many things, right? But also, the thing that he was running on was deregulation. So he would come in and go, everything's deregulated. It's going to have this crazy, you know, great effect on the economy, which, you know, 
not totally wrong, right? Like it does open up markets and things like that. It did have this like spike. The action figure boom of the early 1980s, you know, that's crazy. But there's tons of, there's reasons there's regulation, right? So there's like tons of unintended, well, like unintended consequences <laughs> from this, right? But at the time, everybody was like, who, you know, it's kids' TV, who like gives a shit? Like, everybody kind of like, what's, you know, Reagan, whatever, buy, whatever, deregulate. And so we all got served like nonstop ads. So he deregulated TV, and and it was like nonstop, twenty four hours a day advertising towards children, and like that, like Billy Joel um, was like the first time that was like a thing where they were like, oh, we're gonna take, we're gonna be able to advertise our product. 100% of the time towards these children, like no generation before that had that kind of intense advertising. Um, and it was like not a big deal. Like they were like, yeah, movie times, toy sales were like through the roof. And you don't really see the in unintended consequences until way later when it's like now, you know? And uh, there's all these people with like, He-Man shit, like, completely stuck in their head, and, like, they're ready to, it's like a time bomb, right, that, like you said, like, um, with, with Billy Joel, like, it's just in there, you never think about Billy Joel or whatever, but then you hear Billy Joel, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 oh. it was like a very unique, okay, for me, there's a very unique feeling that is like a, it's like a, you're not used to feeling it all the time. Yeah. And like there's a switch that just goes off and all of a sudden you don't know what to do with it. Right. I know because it's a, it's, it's actually, it's like a good feeling but also a bad feeling. Like um, the original definition of nostalgia was like homesickness and it was like first observed in soldiers and like Switzerland. I don't remember all these things off the top of my head. Uh, but it was first observed by these soldiers that would be so homesick they like couldn't continue killing other you know other people, um, and so uh, like that was like the first definition. So nostalgia, is like yeah, yeah, but nostalgic feeling, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like sad. Yeah, it's like you want to go. We were talking earlier today. We were texting about Uncle Rico from Napoleon yeah, Dynamite, yeah. right? And Napoleon Dynamite, like Uncle Rico, has nostalgia so bad that it's like ruining his life. I'll call it the Al Bundy effect. Right, like you're living in the past. Yeah. It's always about that touch, that one touch. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's so fun. It would be so funny. Yeah. Uncle Rico's like, I used to be able to throw, throw him all over those mountains. Yeah. Like, so, and he's just like, what? Well, to the point where he buys a time machine from eBay for to like try to go back. And like, I have had experiences like watching episodes of like different strokes and stuff like that. And looking, I bought a Sears catalog from 1986, and the, at pouring over that thing, like, the feeling is so, it's like, you can really feel it, like, in your face. Yeah. Like, it's just thing, like, in your nose. All the senses are, like, you, you remember, like, they all work the way they did when you first looked at them. Yeah, yeah. Like, just I was saying, like, I could smell the, the slime. From different right, and you see the photo of them. Yeah. Well, I almost said taste. <laughs> you know, you did taste. Some they did, but yeah. they smell certain ways. And yeah. when I look at certain toys in person now, uh, I can remember all that weird stuff. It's the first time you smell this weird thing that you never smelled. Again. So when I was like a teenager, I remember smelling um, like uh, patchouli, like you know, and being like. Familiar to like smell, like I had nobody I knew. It's so strong, you know, whatever. And like, I don't didn't know anybody that really wore it, and but I never really thought anything about it at all. I found out when I was doing research for this book that one of the He-Man characters, Stinkor, supposed to stink. <laughs> they put patchouli in his the plastic that they used to make the figure wow. to make it smell, and that's Whoa. the smell. So I'm like me. I remember being a girl, I was like in love with it, it was like 50 year old, like, when I was like 16, and being like, what is that? 
obnoxious. It's so, it, but it's like, that's like back to the future, and like, you're going back, man. Like, it's just, you want to like be there, like, you're transported back. You want to be in Toys R Us, open package. <laughs> um, so, it's in Ratatouille, right? Have you seen the movie Ratatouille? Um, at the end, of, there's like this critic that's like gonna eat the rat food, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like this really, really harsh critic. And, uh, and he, takes a bite of it and it's just like he's transported back to his mother's kitchen and his mom was like making him, you know, the same exact food. But that's also based on Marcel Proust's Remembrance of Things Past, which is a, you know, Marcel Proust's writing about this concept of nostalgia. And he talks about eating a, t uh, uh, a cookie and it transported him back to his childhood and memories. Also in The Sopranos, it gets referenced. <laughs> Because Tony is constantly eating food and then passing out because of like this smell, like it's this crazy thing. Um, but that's it. You're like transported, you know. And I, you know, I got the idea for this book because I went to a, a toy. I was started collecting toys. I was at comic shows. They always have these like vintage toy stores at the shows. And I'm like, oh man, yeah, you know. All these different, you know, Transformers, you know, uh, Battle Beast, Muscle, like Final collecting them, and uh, and then I went to a toy show and it was absolutely mobbed with people just being like paying money for like, all He-Man stuff and all this, and I'm like, all these guys are really profiting off of the advertising that was done in like 1982 because it's like stuck in all of our freaking heads forever. And so then I was like, oh, well, who else is doing things like this? And I was like, oh, this, I was doing this in like, I was making this in like 2017 probably. And I'm like, oh, make America great again. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. That's the motivating factor that's getting all these people to be like, oh, yeah, I want to go back to that thing. And it's like this completely fake, fucked up thing that they, they doesn't exist at all. And if you wanted to go back to that, to, to, if you want to go smell your figure of the slime, you went back, it wouldn't even be that, you wouldn't, that feeling is just a feel. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that shit was boring as hell when you were a kid. Like, you know, it wasn't that great. It really wasn't. But it, it just illuminates over time, right? Um, and so that, you know, so then the, that's the idea of like nostalgia getting dangerous, like being so powerful and such a motivating factor. And you know, in the book, I talk about how now um, there's companies that are that are going to be around. Like if a kid's born today, Disney's still going to be there when they're like 50. Like that's not really going anywhere. Um, and so they can start the kid wearing Mickey Mouse diapers at newborn. Um, the parents are so in love with Disney still uh, because it's been so pumped into their head for so many years. They're like straight up buying the kid all Disney stuff, taking them to Disney World, making sure they're wearing Disney t-shirts to promote to the other kids in the preschool about Disney stuff in case there's somebody that doesn't know about Disney. Um, uh, and it's like then when those kids are like 28, they're gonna be like going back and wanting to, you know, it's like they got us hooked by the sinker with this nostalgia shit, man. Well, think about like Funko Pops. <laughs> I, I don't like them. <laughs> More power to you if it's your thing. <laughs> um, Their whole business is, is Funko, before they were making these, were making like, you know, you could get any cereal mascot as a bobblehead. And they were great toys. They didn't look like the way they do. Right. It was just Funko stuff. And now they're making current, like new toys that are of all this old stuff. So our parents might want to buy a Funko Pop if they see, you know, a character that Alice they know. from Brady Bunch, I don't know. And yes. They might be into it, and then they start, you know, maybe they buy other ones because now they know this thing exists that makes one of everything. 
Right. And then that in 20 years, that Funko Pop thing is going to be worth yes. X amount of money. And it's going to bring that same character to the next year. They're just recycling like this money. Yeah, it's just money. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, but that's where we get these endless reboots and shit, too, right? Mm -hmm. and, but, like, there's this French philosopher that talks about, like, the hyper-real, right? And it's like, you know, a copy of a real thing, but it's, it's like, better than the real thing. You know? yeah. I always think of, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I write a comic strip about cannabis also. <laughs> um, but I always think of bait pen, right? They take <clears throat> cannabis, like distilled it down to like its, you know, chemical, whatever, like its smallest distillate. Put it in like this freaking machine. Then you puff on it, and the thing that comes out is like fake smoke. And it's like it's a facsimile of the real thing, right? Like it's it's a it's a copy of the real thing, but it's better than the real thing. And see if you keep doing following that equation. The next thing is going to be a facsimile of this thing. Is the cassette like a VHS thing? Yeah, a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy just gets constantly shittier and shittier and shittier. But how do we stop it? So if you look at like Reagan, he was shitty in all these amazing ways. <laughs> Donald Trump was Reagan again in a ridiculous, bastardized version of it in a more extreme way. If that follows suit, we have this copy of, in 40 years, of Donald Trump that's even more distorted in every way, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's pretty awful, but... We'll be dead by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to end the talk on, like, something positive about nostalgia. <laughs> and, uh... Because <laughs> we've been talking about, like, some awful shit. I feel like you made a point, but we... we this one point that we talked about the other day that I wanted to Oh yeah, yeah. To to specific to specifically, the only way I can describe the problem with nostalgia because everybody can be nostalgic. There's a safe uh, level of safety right. you can yeah, have yeah. where it's okay. Right. But the problem is when when you're when you're chasing nostalgia, you're trying to chase a feeling that you will never be able to obtain unless you went back in time, which we can't do. Right. And so you're if you are chasing this nostalgia, it it will never end. Yeah. And the only peace you will have from nostalgia is when you die, and then you'll be free of the nostalgia curse. Yeah. You can't exist in real life chasing it forever, trying to constantly feel the comfort that it gives yeah. you because you'll never get it. Yeah. It's, you not can't. it's not it's a copy of yeah, yeah. the yeah. thing. Your only nostalgia is just a copy of the actual joy that right. you have. Yeah. I mean, that's what they say about memory, too. Like, every time you remember something, you're not actually remembering the actual thing that happened. You're remembering the last time you remembered it. Right. So it's like you are. That's why memories are so distorted. They get they get so, so screwed up, and that's kind of like this whole thing, you know. But it's that's the that's the thing. It's not. This is like it seems like it's so negative. Like this stuff is like the most awful thing in the world. We're like the big two of the biggest. Like the yeah, exactly. So when I, when I went over to Perry's house to drop off his book. Or a studio, um, drop off the book for him, and I walked in, and he was watching a 1992 movie called Sidekicks. Has anyone seen that? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is perfect, man. Like, I mean, it literally, I as a kid, we had an illegal cable box, and so when new movies came out, it would just repeat. Yeah. And so I, I've seen Sidekicks on your top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I just put it on the other day, and was like, yo, I haven't seen this in a year. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it's. It's way worse than, like, I'm not nostalgic for it anymore because it's so bad. Yeah. But for some reason, there's something about that. And I, but so, so uh, there's this concept called comfort food. Actually, you have heard comfort food. But <laughs> there's also this thing in, so my son's autistic, so there's this thing in, like, the autism circle called safe food. And it's kind of like the same thing. It's like when you're really overwhelmed with anxiety, you can only eat something that's, like, super familiar to you. Um, this is what my son will only like five things. Um, so it's like safe. My sister says like it's safe TV. It's like you throw it on and it like chills you out. Yeah, you know, like because you're used to it. I have to think about. It. Yeah, I do that all the time. This all started because I put shit on TV while on while I drop <laughs> and while I work. 
Right. Which is like, I think, whatever you are. You just throw shit on. You came over and that's what Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you need, I mean, I need constant shit on. And so I'm constantly like, what should I put on? And then you watch all the new shows and every old show and all these other things. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm constantly watching like weird science or like, you know, Beverly Hills 90210 off to season seven. And then, while I'm working, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Should we talk? Should we mention? Do you want to mention this Twilight Zone episode? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. So my girlfriend and I were watching Twilight Zone, and it was right before you brought the copy of the book up, like within a few days. And I don't know if you know, this show's pretty eyebrow stuff, right? So. It was about this guy who worked this job that was very stressful and he was constantly under stress and the boss is yelling at him and he flips out and he yells at the boss and he leaves early for the day, he gets on the train and he falls asleep and he wakes up to the conductor yelling, the, the stop is called Willoughby and the conductor is yelling, Willoughby, Willoughby and the guy's like, Willoughby, what stop is this? And the guy's like, oh sir, it's Willoughby, it's right here, it's Willoughby, yeah. and very vague. And the guy goes back home, and his him and his wife are fighting, and they maybe split up or something. And next day, he goes back to work on the train. He's like, "Oh, that was such a weird like dream yesterday." And he tries to fall back asleep to try to go back to Willoughby. He looks out the window, and it's all peaceful and it's all old timey. It's like fifty years earlier. Yeah, it's like somebody with an apple cart. Yeah, like, kid yeah. with fishing rods, and yeah. they're like, "Hey, Mister." Yeah, some kid with like the stick and the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like um, he sees how peaceful this place Willoughby is, and he's it's driving him nuts because it's like what he needs in his life, or what he thinks he needs in his life at that moment is simplicity and what. Right. He's like, anything I watched this after you told me about it. Yeah. Hey, yeah, he's like getting his ass kicked, ever chewed out by everybody or anything. And when he's not dreaming, he's in like living hell. Yeah. And so he's back and forth, and finally he asks the conductor, like when he's when he wakes up, like, where's Willoughby? And he's like, I never heard of Willoughby. And next time he gets on the train, the conductor says, I looked up everything I could. There's no Willoughby, and blah blah blah. And finally this guy's had enough, his life is so stressful. He gets on the train. And he's like, shuts the shade, and he's like, closes his eyes. Imagine, he falls right asleep. Yeah. And he falls asleep. Very, very well. And finally, he goes, I'm going to get off the train and, and explore Willoughby. This is like what he's dying for, yeah. which is this idea he has of peaceful, a peaceful place that used to be around. Right. And, um, and uh, I can spoil it, it's only been out for eight years. Yeah, you are watching it. Like, like, but um, he, the, the episode ends where this guy is lying on the side of the train tracks in the snow, dead, because he jumped off the train trying to go to Willoughby at, at that stop. And to further make this point, that the only way you can truly exist in this perfect, peaceful, Idea you have of a world that there's no trouble and issues, yeah. you die. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like that. Was, when I was watching it, I was like, Willoughby is like Main Street USA. Mm -hmm. So like it, at Disney World, right? Yeah. There's Main Street USA. It's like this harkening back to Walt Disney's childhood, what Main Street looked like. And I was thinking, you know, this book talks a lot about Disney, and even back then. So like, okay. For one thing, Disney's first big movies were what? Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Came out in the 1800s, right? Well, no, the first, their, their, their movie came out like in the 40s, but like the original Snow White came out in the like, late 1800s, right? It was, you know, this child, the story everybody already knew. Um, Peter Pan. Walt Disney played Peter Pan in his high school production of Peter Pan. Huh. Um, Pinocchio, you know, all these things were all things that, you know, were were old old things. They were rebooting. Their first thing was a reboot. Yeah. Um, and um, and but and the Main Street USA thing, the whole the whole Walt Disney World thing came from Walt Disney's like love of trains and toy trains and stuff. And so he had all before Disney World. He had like these like like silver spoons, toy trains where you could ride the train around. And it was like this little tent, like this giant train set all over his property. 
And that was like the idea, like the proto Disney World was that. Um, and so like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. And now they like know. Well, so they like, started off by being your nostalgia. Yeah, it was always nostalgia. It was always nostalgia. Because like I always, people complain now and they're like, it's all reboots, it's all sequels, and like it is as it ever was. And they all still don't see them. Yeah. Because they want that. It's they, they get you like there's one percent of the thing you like about that thing. Right. And they get you by the by the you know what, man. Like you know what? There's the <laughs> the uh heartstrings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the uh, Barbie movies out this weekend, right? I mean and there's people that are like, I don't care. It's geared towards people my age. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Um, and that's like very just, you know, people ask me, like, don't you think this is like perfect timing that like the Barbie movie's out right as your book's coming out? And I'm like, yes, but also something would have been out. Right. Because like this is all we had. Yeah. And then Mattel also did just mention that they're gonna do 35 films. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all gonna be geared towards people my age that Apparently, ha I mean, not me, but other people that are the same age as me have money, um, <laughs> and uh, and so like that's why we have Greta Gerwig as directing Barbie, and they want to have like you know all these high level directors directing, you know, Coen Brothers directing the GI Joe movie, or <laughs> because they want people because they know that 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 you know they're lining up all the names that you like, right? And it's we're getting a little bit more mature, so they're making. Less like shittier movies, you know, like for older people, right? You know what I mean? Um, At a certain age, we kind of can not care as much. Like, you kind of go, eh, it did what I needed it to do. Yeah. And when you get older, you're more picky about it, maybe. Yeah. And so they have to make it better. Right. You have a little better taste, you know. You, you know, a lot of the movies were, you know, the G.I. Joe movie and the Transformers movies are geared towards like kids and teenagers. Those aren't the people that have nostalgia for Transformers, parents do. But it's going to create that nostalgia right. for them. For it's just an endless cycle. So it's going to not skip any generations because yeah. it comes back around in the right yeah. to hit every generation. Yeah. And they know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, well, now they know what they're doing so well. They're getting more and more efficient at it, right? Yeah. Like, so a show just came out on Disney Plus that's like, the characters look like Coco Melon, which was really popular. YouTube show for like three year olds, two year olds, but it's Star Wars. So, like, you know, you can get a two year old watching this Star Wars show, and then 25 years from now, the same character is in the movie, and you're like, oh, that's the, oh, yeah. My parents are stoked because they're like, yeah. oh, my kid's gonna like the thing yeah. I like. Yes. Which it's is safe. Like, also, parents are constantly <laughs> looking for things that are like safe for their kid. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah, I've seen that before. I know all about this. Yes, this is great. Pagan. And then you become this unwitting, like if you're in a cult, right? So in your, if you're in a cult, you're actually like the victim and the perpetrator, right? Because you are have been brainwashed, but you're also trying to get more people into the cult and things like that. And so these, you're as a parent, you become this unwitting thing where you're you are the victim of constant advertising and also perpetrating on your own kid, uh, which is just so fucked up. Well, because yeah. you feel like if you think that you have, that you're putting good taste onto your children, and then uh, really you're just giving them more things to be attached to. To buy later on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it sounds nasty and shit, but. Well, I have to just keep thinking about it. We're not here to, Bash the idea of this. You couldn't. It would be like bashing the concept of laughter. Because it's or, a comforting feel. Yeah, it would be like bashing the concept of like pride. Like it's a human emotion that you're gonna feel no matter what. Really, if you're a human, you can force it in some ways. If you're like, I need to. Right. Okay, well, you can put on Billy Joel. Yeah. I'm feel you can continue to dig into it, like Uncle Rico. Man, you could be having everything everywhere. Being like this is better, you know. It, it's like a drug or something. You like could fall into the trap. Um, it's addictive. It's very because it I only started experiencing it over the, sometime over COVID, mm -hmm. where I really understood what it was. And um, and I told you about I told I 
anybody who I've talked to uh, regularly knows because I'm obsessed with it, but there's this video on YouTube this guy <laughs> uploaded. It's from 1996, and he's just driving around Philadelphia, and like, I grew up in the Northeast, and driving around Northeast Philly in 1996, switching your radio stations where you're hearing every song that was coming on at that time period, which means songs that came out then, but also like whatever movie blues that. song yeah. that came out in the 90s too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I found this video and I became so obsessed with it because I was seeing all these places that I haven't been to or seen in however many years. It was the first time I really went like, whoa, I can't go back to, like that store's not there anymore. All yeah. I have is pictures, memories, this video, whatever else I could find. Uh -huh. But you can only really talk about it or show examples of it. You can't show the yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so watching this was like the closest thing I got to like what it was like to do that. And it like totally fucked me up. I had to make a playlist of all the songs that this dude played in the car ride. And I put that <laughs> on and that's like potentially traumatizing in some way. And like, <laughs> um, I reached out to the guy and was like, what do you have more videos? And he did upload a couple things. Oh, wow. But it's this thing where like that, watching that on my shitty TV on YouTube is like, that's the closest I'm going to get to that version of yeah. my life. But that hit me, hit me right. <laughs> singularly probably, uh, in this crazy way that I, all of a sudden all these other things have started to allowing easier, which for better or worse, but I quickly realized this feeling is unstoppable if you let it. Yeah. You have to like push away from a little bit. You can keep going forever. I just moved it onto a different obsession uh, yeah. that's similar. Right, because if you have the right mind about it, you can take good th take the good things and leave the bad, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think we should, uh, you know, wind it down a little bit. I do want to take a few questions on everybody's yeah. standing and stuff. So, but I do have this one thing I want to quote because um, so there's this cartoonist a lot of people here probably know who named John Porcelino he has this comic called King Cat right and he said he does it like whenever he finishes an issue he mails it out he's been doing it for like a million years there's like how many issues a hundred or something yeah yeah and so it's such a delight when you get one mail and so but he he gives you like a little note that he writes to everybody too it's very old school zine like culture and so this was in it, like the last issue, and it like reminded me a lot of this. And it's a, it's a positive way of looking at nostalgia. Um, so he says, "I'm more interested in investigating and nurturing all those things that have made me what I have become, rather than seek out new records." He's talking about music. I like to immerse myself in all the old music that gave me chills when I was young, and that has lived with me ever since. My old, beloved, complicated friend, John R., once wrote to me, The older I get, the richer the chord of my life becomes. I spend my lifetime, my time living in the resonances. The chord grows richer, deeper, more complex, but at the same time, so much simpler. John P. So, yeah. That's John P. <laughs> but, uh, but I just thought that that was like, yeah. This is, it's it's your life, man. This yeah. is your fucking life. What, whether we like it or not, He-Man is there. <laughs> yeah. And fucking, uh, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is there. And like, if you, you can't like not feel your feelings. I think if it makes you happy, that it's it's good, but there's a period of, there's, there's that line where if you're so consumed with it that like you're just trying to recapture this thing or like you know i buy old toys that I either i never got when i was a kid because i didn't have them you know yeah, somebody yeah. else had a toy so, yeah it. that's usually what it is it's yeah. like somebody else had it and and i'll buy that stuff and i get it and i get the satisfaction and then i put it on the shelf and i enjoy it regularly like without yeah. thinking about it anymore. right right but then there's a thing where you you get it and you go mm. oh, i need all the ones i didn't have when i was a kid and I need the whole set. Yeah, and yeah. I need the new ones that they put out. And it's cool. There's a. I, I'm a collector. I, sure. I, I can't yeah. say shit about collecting. I, I, yeah. My stuff is at three people's houses. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there. There's a level where you know you, you have to realize like you can't 
gain that feeling back. Yeah. So like maybe you don't. Yeah, but you still chase it though. It's yeah. like chase the dragon. You can afford it. It's cool. Yeah. You can keep buying. But there's also this feeling I get when I'm collecting something and I'm reaching towards the end of all the things that exist. Like, and I like get sad and I'm like I, I start slowing down how quickly I'm collecting it because like so so I don't want it to ever end. There's more stuff to collect. Yeah, but battle beasts. <laughs> but then you have to start buying like original paintings of like yeah yeah and then I, I really want the, the thing that's like a it's like a bandolier that you wear around your body that like a football team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess do we have we have a few minutes for questions yeah um it's more comments I've been biting my tongue this whole time oh yeah because I you know I I think it's so ingrained that we. That we got to this point where we're meta, we're meta thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's really about like our like they're really, and I'm sure your book goes into it. Like they've taken, they're using so nostalgia and marketing wise is taking our, our childhood and, and using it against us. I'm sure. Yeah. That's what that. But it's in great like Naga does it too. It's all it's all by design. It's yeah. so well thought out. Right. And that's that's when I was like, but like but it's about it's about like. Oh, remember when I was a child? Yeah. I had no obligations. Yeah. I had no responsibility. What would it be great? But, but they don't. Many people don't get to that level when they go to MAGA. Right. It's like it's like Willoughby. It's like yeah. oh, it just was like so easy. Yeah, because yeah, because someone was like taking care of every aspect of your life. So so it is. It, I think that's a huge part of this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also the. Um, so in your memory, right, like you remember like the really bad things that happened, like obviously, and then you remember like all the really good things that happened to you. Yeah. And then there's like a trillion memories in the middle that are kind of like nothing, but you subscribe happy memories to them. We're like, I think about this all the time. Like I love the movie Robocop, right? And and the reason I love it is because I used to watch it constantly at my grandma's house because we had like four VHS tapes and I was bored <laughs> out of my mind. And I was like, I'll watch fucking Robocop again and eat like butter sandwiches or whatever. <laughs> and and so like at the time it it was like not like ecstatic entertainment. It's just like barely capturing your attention when you're like eight and waiting to go home and play more Nintendo or whatever. But like that's what's what becomes rosier and like shinier as you get older. Right. It's like I'm like yeah, I just want to be bored at my grandma's house again. <laughs> I, I just, just want to add to that real quick. So I mean I'm in the same world. I collect all some love all this old shit, and there's things that I've had that I obsess about. I lost it. I don't know where it is. I would love to have it. Love to have it. Think about it. I look look up on eBay every year. Probably ten years. I know if I got it, I put it down. I wouldn't give a fuck about it. Yeah. So what is that? I don't know. It's like nice. playing the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but well, it's you know, the same thing you're talking about. Yeah, it's like, because it's not there. It's not yeah. buying the thing. It's not it's not going to do anything. Back to yeah. the place. You can't buy a, a, an experience like a literal experience. Yeah. yeah. You can't. You can't like go back and like be the same thing again. Yeah. It's just like fruitless. But also in some ways, you know. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I think somebody, did you have a question? Oh, uh, yeah, I have a question. Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's Foxy. That's a uh, few political figures. And uh, <laughs> one that you're missing, that's like really important with this is for nostalgia, a big fan of nostalgia was Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the concept of bulkishness. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of like, what's the Curtis episode about the Lordly ones? Uh, I forget what the fuck it is. Huh. But, uh, what do you think where nostalgia can turn into like uh, violence in the darkest oh, yeah. parts of humanity? Absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, you look at, first of all, we talked about MAGA already. I mean, like, they're searching for something that doesn't exist and never existed, right? I mean, you talk about Hitler, they did the same things where it was like they're, they're um, lionizing this like thing past thing where like men were men and blah blah like all the family song, you know, like girls were girls and men were men, you know, like they want it to be like that again, you know. That's why we see violence towards like trans people and gay people, like 
anything that anything that goes against like the status quo that's going to make it not seem like it's 1950 anymore is like bad. Like that's why people. That's the whole concept of conservatism. Really, is to like maintain old shit that doesn't that wasn't even good then. But like it's so you know that it gets it can get gets dark as hell. Like it gets as dark as dark can be in terms of nostalgia. I want to say one thing that we didn't mention that I would like to point out is like some people's version of nostalgia comes from a like a traumatic experience like you if you had a hard childhood and the only thing you had or not even the only thing but the yeah, things yeah. that you had I talk to people about now create nostalgia yeah, yeah. your safety yep. thing <laughs> that there. So I understand that being good nostalgia too. And of course I don't know if that could be abused in the same way because you're using it uh, you know it's your thing that, that helps you. It's not gonna right, and it's so precious, life, right? It's still so that thing space. being so precious, yeah, like makes it even more evil when it's it's manipulated. When it's manipulated, yeah, yeah. yeah. like it's. I talked people about this when I was making the book because I was like, nostalgia, you know, it reminds you of like your wonder, your childhood, or whatever. People were like, my childhood sucked. Like nothing was good about that. But then I also talked to people that were like, yeah, my childhood sucked, but I had fucking Skeletor. And it was aw that was awesome. Like, that was like the thing I liked when I could get away from my shitty parents or whatever. Um, and like, I, you know, after I had kids, I kind of had a different idea of nostalgia because like weird fucking shit comes back to you that you, that like old like memories from like that you shouldn't even be, shouldn't remember. Like, I remember, after I had my kids, I was like, I remember this exact feeling, what he's going through right now. I remember sitting in a car seat, like, it's like, I remember going up to, like, the mesh thing on the, on a playpen, putting my face on it, like, I remember that feeling. Like, that stuff comes Let's back. Let's all close our eyes. And, and <laughs> <laughs> this, this stuff, like, was buried. Like, yeah. there's no reason for me to ever remember that. Right. But when I had kids, it came, like, flooding back. So I think there is, like, Evolutionarily speaking, like a reason for this stuff, like it's part of like human existence. Um, but it's like so powerful, we never talk about how it's like a thing. Well, because like I said in the beginning, and maybe I'll do this on that. Yeah. Uh, everybody thinks casually, like you mentioned nostalgia, you think if you like old stuff or whatever, it's like uh, we uh, I didn't think about art stuff, but when people see. It, Art that I do sometimes, they say like, "Oh, I like your art. It's really like retro." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, I'm kind of just continuing this thing that's always been made a certain, you know, a lot of stuff I do. Most of it's by hand at some point. So that's how it was always made. It's not supposed to feel like retro or like right. It like just is as an old nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. You see it because you didn't have this, an experience with it before this. It's just familiar. I, I want it to feel familiar mm -hmm. if." Because of stuff in the 70s that influences me or whatever year it is, uh, it's still relevant. People are still buying, there's like art from comic books here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like there's stuff that's still relevant. And so the idea of trying to create something to feel old is, shouldn't be the goal because you can't create that nostalgia feeling. Right. So everybody thought, oh, you draw stuff that looks like this thing or whatever. You're really into nostalgia, but like that's not really the right what that is. Yeah, no, it's like you're continuing the crap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and some people think if it's old, then it's nostalgia. That's it. Right. Flat yeah. Thing. Yes. Or you're yeah, like you're using these old tools, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So any other questions? Right, cool. Thanks so much for coming and welcome to us, Chatter.